On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we talk a little NBA preseason action on the flip side, some baseball postseason action, and as always, gotta love some football. And last five minutes, a little bit of five fingers. Let's get into it. Another edition of Senior Coach Live here at WCBC Sports Radio. I'm Aiden Broderick, joined by my co-host Jack Coleman. Jack, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing incredible. I'm so ready and excited. We've had some fun stuff going on in sports, and I'm just ready to get rolling and talk about it. Yeah, as am I. I mean, as New York sports fans, we have some exciting topics to touch on. But just in general, sports has been a lot of fun this week. Um, A big NFL weekend, as always. Uh, BC lost again we'll try to hover over that uh that's us baby (laughs) we won't touch on that too much but yeah and then in baseball we will get to what's happened in the playoffs so far some exciting topics there for sure um honestly Coleman, if you want to just kick it off with uh, our usual set of rules and what we do here and then just jump into your first whatever you've got for sure this is senior quote sports podcast the only sports podcast that you need where the podcast itself is a sport. I think I'm gonna, that's going to be the tagline for now. Uh, I'm podcast itself it's a bit is of a, a mouthful right now, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we used to do just quotes. Guess who said it? What it's about? We still have a little bit of that, but we added some new elements. Like tonight, you'll see us doing stat line, which is a fairly new thing we've been doing recently. But I'm going to start us out old school with just a quote. Wow. Would right. you let's start out with NFL? I feel like football is always good jumping off point. Yeah, of course. So let's get into it. Okay. I think everybody knows what that was for. I just wanted to get payback. He had it coming. Easy. Easy. This is San Francisco 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa, former Ohio State football player, talking about Baker Mayfield, former Oklahoma football player and current Cleveland Browns quarterback for um, I'm just going to describe it completely yeah. <laughs> for uh, putting the flag in Ohio State's turf when uh, Mayfield's uh, Sooners won that game a couple years back. So Nick Bosa after a QB hit didn't get the sack but it was badass nevertheless did a like planting the flag celebration after the hit. And you know he practiced that too. Oh, no question. Literally. He's been he's been practicing that practicing that, excuse me, since like the day mm-hmm. after the Oklahoma game. Like he knew But I'm specifically gonna, this week. Like I oh, heard like he yeah. actually said like this I, week he was in his room like practicing the motion. I believe that he's thought of that for at least ever since he got drafted and noticed oh sh- uh <laughs> oh man, the Browns shoot, are on my boys. schedule. <laughs> oh shoot. Uh oh. Yeah, so But yeah, it was bound to happen. And I'm glad it did happen. Bosa, obviously, big OS, uh, Ohio State guy. And, you know, he was not going to take the sooner uh, absolute dominance that Baker had in college and not forget it. Mm-hmm. So here we are, this big matchup. Browns are supposed to be something big this year. This was the game that was kind of like the turning point of the season where – you know, not exactly halfway yet, but we're through that first quarter of football, and really this is the time to change things around if it's not going too hot, and the Browns have not been great this year. So big game all around. 49ers are undefeated, and 
This is with 10 seconds left before halftime. Mm-hmm. Bosa forces Baker Mayfield to get an intentional grounding call. Right, that's a good and point. Yeah. whips this out. So the article I read from ESPN had said that he had been practicing in his room all week. Like we said, he was not going to forget about it. He was also trash-talking him, just chanting <laughs> Baker all night, yeah. getting in his head. He was telling him to pick it up. We want a challenge. Just awesome football stuff you want to see. And Baker was having none of it. Baker really didn't say anything. I believe on the actual flag motion that was made, mm. Baker said, oh, that's what he did. Good for him. Mm. Which, like, honestly, that's the only thing Baker's done on his part that, like, is actually kind of good because, like, you can't say anything if you lose. And I think Baker gets that. He'll take the loss on his chin. and I think he finally gets that. I think there, in the past he hasn't understood that you have to be a very successful player and a guy who could back up, back up his talk Excuse me, in order to act like the, I don't know, the big shot that he has acted like so far in his career. But I agree with you now. He, he was a good sport, if you will, about all this because Nick Bosa completely took this opportunity to look like the better player and get his revenge, like you said. And yeah. I mean, he absolutely did so. And... You know, throughout the entire game, Bosa said this too, Baker was panicking. He was double-clutching, rolling back and forth, and was clearly rattled. And his stat line showed it for the night. He was 8-22 for 100 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and he was pulled in the fourth quarter. Mm. That's your franchise quarterback getting pulled. I forgot about that too. I mean, That's I a rough look. That might be the worst thing that came out of that last night, yeah. was that the fact that Baker Mayfield was pulled from the game. That's embarrassing. I mean... Dude, I, I just think Baker Mayfield's overrated. Or I think so, too. Overrated. having Odell Beckham throw touchdowns. <laughs> True. I, I, maybe overrated is the wrong word. I think overhyped for sure. And he's just too – there's too much expected of him as a second-year quarterback who was bound to have a sophomore slump with so much hype around Cleveland this year, with so many players coming in that haven't developed chemistry with one another just yet. And this is what you get when you put these expectations on – a player who's trying to bring Cleveland to a successful football year for what seems like the first time in forever. Uh, and it, it feels good almost as a Giants fan to see Odell struggling at, on the team where he thought he would go off and have like the best year of his career. You know, I, I don't know what his personal expectations were for this season, but I don't think they're anywhere close to how poorly he's played so far. And it's felt good as a Giants fan, as much as I wish... He was there to help Daniel Jones on our part, but I yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think Odell is the problem. I can agree with you and say I'm that. I'm not saying he is, yeah, but it's I, like from a Giants fan perspective, that comes into mind. Definitely. As well. And I think that with a better quarterback situation, Odell is going to be better. I mean, hey, Odell with Daniel Jones maybe could have been something special that this season for us. We don't know. Yeah. But in the position he's in right now, I can't say it's all on him. It's a lot of Baker having a bit of a slump. Freddie Kitchens is just not a great coach. I think they really need someone else to step in. I'm saying the over-under for before Kitchens gets fired is another two games. Maybe. Wow. Maybe, I'm going to say two games before Kitchens is fired if they lose two more in a row. Is this his second year? Or is he a, isn't he a rookie head coach? I'm going to check. That. Uh, I feel like he, that's just too soon. He may. Was he the interim coach? And then. That might be what it is. After. What's his name? <laughs> what's the weird. Hugh Jackson? Hugh Jackson. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. You're right. He he was the interim last year. Um, yeah. Start friend. I'm telling you, just bring this team. So, this is, this is what the Browns have to do. 
the Browns have been awful for a long time. Yeah. And in one offseason, they saw only the Super Bowl. You got to ride through the couple of years of mediocrity before you can build up the pieces around you and have the chemistry. So the only answer to be the most mediocre team in football, besides switching out Baker Mayfield for Kirk Cousins, <laughs> but we'll go beyond that, is to hire Jeff Fisher as your coach. I want Jeff Fisher to bring this team to mediocrity. Okay. That, uh, sure. I'm all for it. <laughs> I not? think it would be awesome. And Honestly, Freddie Kitchens not? is obviously not working. Not wrong there. Uh, one more thing I want to bring up about this Browns 49ers game before we move to the next topic is the Richard Sherman Baker Mayfield Ooh, beef. Yeah. Um, where Richard Sherman accused Baker of not shaking his hand at the coin toss. And so from there on out, he just had, he, he just, I don't know, this grudge to make sure that he shut down the receivers and shut down Baker. And he did so. And that's great for him that he was motivated by that. But. There is literally video evidence of him shaking hands with Baker before the game. And while it's a little nonchalant from Baker, it's like, what more do you want? Your, your opponents, there was a little bit of a rivalry heading into this game already with Nick Bosa, so I'm sure Sherman was a little fired up too. Sherman doesn't even make eye contact with Baker. And it, it was just weird that he took offense to that whole exchange when I think it was on his end. That it was awkward and a little bit, like, I, I don't know, that there was just some space between the two of them. Just a really weird motive to go off in a game, but whatever it takes, I guess. But I don't know if you saw that video yeah. or... Yeah, no, I did. It was definitely weird, and it was something that you could have fought for either side on. I, I think there, there wasn't really a clear-cut, I don't know, just outright denial of Baker. Like, I don't really know. Like, Baker yeah. was kind of just he, doing his He just put his thing. hand out, did a normal handshake. Like, it was it was light, it was quick, but it was just yeah. like, I, I don't even know. I, the only thing I could see is, like, Kittle and Baker had, like, an actual, like, bro hug after, like, a quick one, but I guess that's a little bit more. I think Sherman just didn't want to shake Baker's hand and then put it on him. It was, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think that Richard Sherman is getting up there in age and with his team doing so well, this is a way for him to... St- He's always been very outspoken, as you can remember. Oh, for sure. Uh, with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. But nowadays, it just takes this little snippet, something like that, on the tail end of a other news story for him to be brought back into relevancy within the media. So I think Richard Sherman was kind of just going that route. The Bosa stuff was awesome. I'm a huge... Oh, 100%. Huge fan of everything that Bosa did. I thought that was great. Even... Uh, who's the coach of the Niners again? Oh my gosh, it's uh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan yeah. yeah, so even Kyle Shanahan said that, um, you know, as long as it wasn't an, an Ohio State flag and it was the 49ers flag, he's totally fine with it. He thought it was yes. it was a fine move. And I think it was too. I think it was really cool and everyone's been talking about it lately. Um, yeah, well, anything that's going to get your defensive unit fired up and shut down a team with as much talent as the Browns have on offense, it's a good thing. So and Shanahan's an offensive-minded coach, in my opinion. He was the offensive coordinator with Atlanta um, during their big run. So it's awesome. I think it really gave them a jolt, and they shut them down. Three points were allowed. That's it. So yeah. Could you imagine, though, if this season we had a Pats-Niners game Oh my gosh! Oh, it would be awesome. Man. Undefeated uh, yeah. teams. The the headlines would write themselves. It would be on ESPN nonstop. 
It's the Garoppolo Brady quarterback battle. Who's the bigger system quarterback? <laughs> Belichick would get involved, but you're getting at least something out of Belichick that week. Yes. And obviously, it's going to be about Brady. Yep. Because of of course Belichick is going to ride with his guy. But oh, it'd be awesome. And then you'd maybe even get like a little Jacoby Brissett thing thrown in too. Yeah. Oh man, I I can see the thirty for thirty coming on the three of them. Yes. As there Eventually. should be. And, I mean, the three of them are combined to be 12-2 and two this season, and Brissett was just thrown in to be a starter at, like, the last minute. Yeah. I would say if Luck had retired in the offseason, they could all three be undefeated right yeah. now if Brissett knew the offense. Because he has only Chiefs, great. Though. Yeah. I mean, he's only had, like, 150 yards per yeah. game, which is not great, but he's getting the wins, and that's all that matters. I think yeah. my favorite is Garoppolo. Out of oh, same. Like, I see him, and, like... To, to me, I thought this the other day, he kind of looks like if Mark Sanchez was, like, actually cool. <laughs> like, Mark Sanchez was, like, a G, it'd be Jimmy Garoppolo. I totally see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I like that comparison for sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to go to my quote, and I'm going to move to the NBA. Okay. Um, so just, I'm going to f- uh, have a blank open for you, and you're just going to tell me who said it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of fans look at the blank as a brand and expect these younger players in their lifetime don't remember the blank being good. Oh, you know what I'm saying? The cool thing now is not the blank. Yeah. The, I mean, there's a lot of blanks in there, but essentially it's... All the same. It's, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's the Knicks and it's Kevin Durant. And I want you to just jump into your feelings on this because I'm only bringing this up as... Honestly, a neutral party today because this is just something that KD said, and I didn't take it as an attack on the Knicks. I took it as people are wondering, why didn't you go to New York? That seemed like where everyone thought you were going to go. So do you agree with this stance? Do you think the Knicks need to rebuild the culture? What do you think? I, To me, a lot of this stems from ownership issues for sure. Yes, I agree 100%. But... I think this is just like what Durant does. I This is part of my reason for why I hate the fact that he did go to the Nets was because he's subtweets all the time and makes these comments. And of course, he's going to make it towards a natural rival now. And like that's the, the point that we're at now that we're getting into the preseason. Now that it's actually the NBA season is upon us, which I'm very excited for. It's like now it's just going to be all Knicks hate. And a part of me really doesn't believe that if Kevin Durant doesn't get injured and you know ha- goes through therapy with the Nets trainer and everything that the Knicks aren't still an option but now that he's on the Nets I think all- he can say and make all these claims and it's annoying yeah no, but I, I can understand what he is saying sure the brand has been off for a couple years but looking at young players they were very much still alive during a time when the Knicks were somewhat relevant. There was a time when the Knicks were cool, when you had absolute thugs like J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, Mello, Stoudemire. That team, awesome. People remember Lynn Sanity as a Knicks event. That was something cool within our lifetime. Sure, it was around that time, but you know, then we had a couple down years, sure. But during that time, it's not like necessarily the Nets were cool. It's not like any of these other teams were cool. It was LeBron James was cool. And the Warriors were cool because they were making a super team that no one else had seen before in mm. NBA history. That's what's cool. Yeah. Not even Kevin Durant, really. The, Kevin Durant <laughs> joining the Warriors team, that's what was cool. You did what was cool then. True. What's not cool is absolutely just dissing every team you play on or new teams mm. that you now hate. You don't see other guys doing that. The silent victor is always the best. All right. So 
What I will say going forward, though, is that Coach Fisdale, I think, is bringing back Nick's culture. I really like what he does with the team. I think from watching the preseason game the other night, you have a lot of young guys, young talent coming up that embody New York and this grit. Marcus Morris got thrown out. <laughs> that's cool to me. I think that stuff okay. is cool. Okay. I, I think now more so than the past five years, Knicks are cooler than they've been. Okay. So it's only a matter of time before that comes over. You, you need to remember that the Nets were not cool when it was an aged Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. That was not cool. But that was a second-round playoffs performance. Sure, it was a second-round playoffs, but the Knicks were around in the playoffs during that time, too. Mm-hmm. Everything afterwards was, you know, a building process, and yeah. that's what the Knicks are going through now. wasn't necessarily the most flashy building process in Brooklyn, either. So I, it worked out, and now it's at the spot, but give the Knicks the time that the Nets had to develop that team, which the Knicks are doing now, and we'll see who's cool by the end of, you know... <laughs> Two or three more years. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. But to play devil's advocate, which you knew I was going to do here, um, what I think he's referring to as cool isn't that you know thug like cool, <laughs> cool culture like you're saying in your interpretation of it. I think even though he does have his rings already, he's not uh, a ring chaser. Obviously, by going to a team that's in a rebuild and just getting to the playoffs now, but at least how I read this is he's defending why he didn't go to the Knicks. Why Not why he did go to the Nets, but he is saying that the Knicks once were that big budget team who could reel in any free agent they wanted, and it hasn't been that way in the past, I'll say, eight or so years, maybe six, but it's it's been since Amari, really, at least in my eyes. And I think he's just the one explaining why that is and why I, I can't say why he doesn't see the Knicks as being cool but at least how I read his statement about these young guys not thinking of the Knicks as that winning culture maybe or that cool team is that they didn't really watch guys winning on the Knicks when they were growing up. I mean, Patrick Ewing stopped playing for the Knicks in 2000. I think their last big year, you can fact check me on this, but it was late 90s. It wasn't even there yet. So KD was at most 9 or 10 when he saw the Knicks last winning. He probably remembers Jordan's era and other players like that, maybe Allen Iverson's Sixers, maybe Shaq and Kobe's Lakers. And while he's not going to any of those teams either, that's just referring to how the Knicks used to be viewed versus how they're viewed now, which is a team that needs to rebuild, and that's what they're doing. The Nets were on the other half of a rebuild, something that they needed to do after that Paul Pierce KG trade, which, I mean, I'm so glad they did. And while that was such a bad move, they quickly got out of it, and they built a cool culture, if you will, From last year, which you saw on the bench, even though they got rid of a lot of those players because they had to, the culture is still expected to be there. So I would say, with all that being said, I can see that being why if KD's reason to come to a team was because they were cool, the Nets could fall into that category. I don't think that's why. I think he was just defending why he didn't go where the media was hyping him up to go and predicting by saying the Knicks. So that's how I read into it. But again, I mean... We just don't know what KD means by that. Cool is a subjective term. <laughs> it's not something that you can measure. Well, so. I, I think part of it is also that it's tough to measure how cool a team is when players are moving in and out. Totally. I mean, part of the problem is it's not cool to draft the foreign guy in a draft. Yes, Porzingis ended up being you know, rather a spectacle in his own right. Yeah. But 
the amount of times that we've done that, and it's not the cool guy from Duke, which we finally did this year, True. or the cool guy from Kentucky, which we did with Knox. You know, before that, it was all irrelevant guys or guys or drafts when we had later picks or had given up draft picks for other stupid reasons. That's where you get the cool factor. That's where you get these guys that are embedded in the culture of the team and grow up through it then. And that's what's happening now because these guys are cool from their respective schools. They're growing up now and developing and becoming better through the Knicks culture and process with a coach that's bringing that about. And you're going to see these players now embody the team and the culture. We just didn't have that in the past. Mm. And we were relying on free agents and other means, which, sure, they have the name and, and are cool in their own right, but you're not getting that specifically through a guy coming through the league, through a team, and riding with them. Kobe was cool because he embodied the flashiness of L.A. He was making the cool plays, and he was there from day one. His play style ref- reflected that. Zion's cool because he's the big easy. He's a big dude. He's coming in, having some fun plays. New Orleans is all about fun. No doubt. You know? So I think that you're going to start to see a gritty New York team this year. That's going to be rather cool. Perfect. And I mean, I think that's what happened with Brooklyn as well. And to actually compliment the Knicks, I see that happening these next two years as well, which is perfect for them because the draft, or not the draft class, the free agent class they want to strike is not this coming season, but the one after. And I think those two years, that's the same kind of spacing that the Nets had with D'Angelo Russell coming in three years ago, taking their time to build that first year, getting to the playoffs the next year, and putting up a decent fight against the Sixers, even though they only won one game. And that's all they needed to become a, uh, a destination once again, or really for the first time for the Nets. So the, the I, I see is, that though, for the next. Is that I can, I can say currently that the Nets are the more exciting basketball team in New York. That's just a fact. But it's different being, like, the Nets just, because of their name, cannot be New York sports team. The Mets will never be New York sports team. It's Yankees. It's, it's the Lakers in L.A., not the Clippers. It's the, it's will be the Knicks and not the Nets mm. if this does develop properly, which I think it will, given its time. And, you know, while the Nets can be good, get suitable guys, I think the big flashy names like your Durants and Irvings of this time will be going to the premier New York team. But my counterpoint there is not even Brooklyn this year. It's the Clippers this year. Because while Knicks fans, especially just on Twitter and general online, will still claim New York, and honestly, rightfully so. They've been there longer, just like the Lakers have been there longer. And the Lakers had a big offseason this year as well. It's not that one team has to while the other struggles. But I just think based on the Clippers' success in bringing in Kawhi and Paul George, and while there was definitely some tampering going on there that I don't think will be allowed in the future, it it proved that both teams can not only bring in the players that they want and become better, but almost benefit one another. Because what we're hearing all about now is that battle for L.A. Mm -hmm. And I think... While New York will always be the Knicks town, if you will, or the Knicks city, because it's not in Brooklyn's name, like you said, I think, like KD said on Twitter today, and in a very peaceful way, in my opinion, because Knicks fans are coming after him, and rightfully so, after what he said in this interview, Um, but he said there's always going to be a little part that belongs to Brooklyn, because that's true. Of course, that's true. And 
I think that in the future, when the Knicks bring in the free agents that I think they will, just at some point, there will be a battle for New York that is hyped up in the Eastern Conference like there is right now for the West. Mm -hmm. So I honestly don't think that the Knicks will return to superiority just like that and knock the Nets down, especially seeing who the Nets brought in and the fact that they have such a good GM. I think just objectively so. The fact that he brought them from rags to riches so quickly is so impressive. But it doesn't mean the Nets are going to be the better team in New York either. It's just that I think we're going to see a rivalry finally brew after so long where it was just one or the other. So I I really think... And that's fine. Even what I will say, though, in regards to the Lakers-Clippers teams, I mean, look at where LeBron James and Anthony Davis are. Arguably, Anthony Davis is the best center in the league. And then, I mean, if you call him a true center. Yeah, right? but I get it. But the best big man in the league. Okay. And it's basically his league for the taking once LeBron is is out the door. Mm-hmm. And then you have arguably, you could argue, the greatest player of all time. Okay. They're on the Lakers, which is that flashy team, which is LA's main team. There's a reason for that. There's something that goes along with being a Laker. There's something that goes along with being a Nick. There's something that goes along with being a Yankee. There's, there's a difference. For sure. I'm not saying that's you know a bad thing for the Clippers either, bringing in Kawhi and Paul George. Those are big-time guys. Those are huge. Mm-hmm. But they're not the premier talent. And I think Kawhi is a bit of a different situation because he's just a weirder guy. And I think yeah. personally he would prefer the Clippers in that kind of fandom as opposed sure. to the Lakers. Because what comes with these big-name teams is a lot of pressure. And I think part of... Durant going to the Nets was an avoidance of that pressure while still not necessarily, you know, dipping out on it. But he, you know, there's going to be a lot more criticism for a guy that went to the Knicks than the Nets, I think. Yeah, but there will always be pressure from the L.A. media and there will always be pressure from the New York media, regardless of which team you're Mm -hmm. playing for in that area. It's just it's how it goes with Giants and Jets. They're from East Rutherford. And they have that New York name on them, and they're in that area, so they have that pressure. But I would say... But I'd still say that the Giants get attacked more. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) But that's just because the Jets are incompetent. uh, No, (laughs) yes, definitely. But I just feel like the Giants are more necessarily that New York team. I just... I I actually agree with that, too. Fans of Jets, Mets, most of the time it should be Nets, too. There's been a lot of Knicks as well, yeah. Yeah. There's a mix in there, but... Specifically Jets and Mets. Yep. I just don't feel like they have that history or attachment that causes the media to attack them as hard as they do those main New York teams. You're not wrong. I mean, both of those teams do have championships, and to be fair, the Nets don't even have that yet. But at the same time, I'm still going to say that with all that said, the Clippers... In a lot of people's opinions, like like experts and, you know, whoever, have put the Clippers as title favorites. You know, like, over the Lakers. It goes back and forth. I'm not saying well, uh, the Lakers don't I honestly, get that. I think the Lakers are, this is outside the point. Yeah. I think the Lakers are overhyped. This so do I. And that's because time. they are the main L.A. team, maybe. But it's also because they have two but that's great what I'm players. Saying. Like, if, sure. it was, if it was LeBron, if it was the same exact team... Mm-hmm. One was the late, like... And you're put, swapping Just the completely two? swap them for title. Like, do we say the Clippers no. are overrated? Or do we see it as still, like, well, the battle for L.A. just ultimately? I don't know if we necessarily... 
if the news media that's the LeBron that story, that's the LeBron hype because it's so they play in the same stadium or the same arena. You know, I think that's LeBron, AD, and then Kuzma. I think is overrated as hell, but maybe that's because he's on the Lakers. That and too then is different. No for one, me. the fact that know. it's played in the same stadium. Well, yeah, because there is definitely like. I mean, that's a Giants different, Jets too, but yeah. There's a different fan culture for Brooklyn than I would say necessarily a Knicks fan. Sure, I think both teams yeah. embody the New York grittiness, but I think... It's a different area. I, I, totally I know. Different. I, think, yeah. I think Brooklyn embodies more of like that brotherhood and chemistry that you see on yeah. the Nets, whereas the Knicks are more that flashy Madison Square Garden team. Sure. So, again, I don't know if I necessarily like the whole... Clippers, Lakers in the whole in the same stadium and everything. I mean, and how I, that lends to an argument. Do the Clippers have it? I think they have a new arena. Like Jess was revealed by Steve Ballmer, yes, which is I, I so it. much it overdue. Really I don't nice. like teams playing in the same uh, stadium or arena. Yeah. It Giants and Jets can never have a home game. At Raiders got to get out of Oakland. Right? Raiders got to get out. I, of I Oakland. like the idea of Raiders in Oakland, yeah. but in terms of playing on that stadium, it's it's. I, I always it's so think it's, I think it's so cool sometimes when they're on the baseball field, but also, yeah, it just feels... Is that how it looks in Madden? Yep. Yeah. They have the... Yeah, it's kind of dope, honestly. It's actually really cool. But not to get too sidetracked, I guess to wrap up our main debate, which I think went pretty well yeah. and pretty civil for uh, a Nets and a Knicks fan here, but I just think, as a whole, the Knicks will always claim New York to be their own, and the Nets can't argue that. They're the ones that moved into the city 10 years ago, maybe even less now. But I think the Nets are just ready to establish a winning culture. Yeah. Not necessarily a history of championships. There's no guarantees there. But they're going to go to the playoffs this year. I, I just believe it. I'll knock on wood for it. <laughs> I mean. I mean, sure. You can't but tell me that I'm, a Kyrie-led team is not a top eight with the guys around In them. the East, maybe. They made it, yes, in the East. In the East, maybe. I could see them making it in the West. But you're taking the team that just no, had... No, that's true. That's you're true, replacing true. D'Lo with Kyrie one for one. That's true. These players have gotten older and better. It's, there's no one on there who's aged and gotten yeah. worse. The only players you've really lost... I say, it's a, I, I say yeah. it's a lock in the East, not in the West. Sure, but I'm referring with, to the East. With Durant, I think it's a lock. Yes, but I'm going to say here that we're going to see them in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. It's not really even a hot take, but I will stand by it. And then we're going to see them next year when KD comes back, hopefully healthy. If he's even 80% of who he used to be, he will be a very valuable player. Yeah, for sure. And we're just going to see them there for a couple of years at least. And you build off the winning culture, as we've seen in the NBA. Yeah. Especially in the East, where winning teams are harder to come by. So I just think, as much as the Knicks can say, this is our city it always has been, the Nets have the better team currently, and there will be a battle as we go forward. For sure. Yeah. I, I didn't expect us to get into that so much, and I'm kind of glad we did, though. No, it was good. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do from here on out, though? Because I'm, we're, I'm yeah. going to do a stat line because... I have one more quote, but I'm going to do a stat yeah. line because it's NBA, so we'll just keep this train rolling. All right, sounds good to me. So here's the two stat lines. Tell me who is who. Sounds good. NBA. So we got 17 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 39 minutes played. Okay. The second player... This is tough. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 28 minutes played. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. Yeah? <laughs> I have no clue. I really like this style one. Though. Well, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess it's Zion 1, RJ 2. Close. Flip them. 
I need at but, least like a half point for that. Come on. How, how identical were those stats? I mean, you got to think. <laughs> RJ Barrett is going to play most of the game for the Knicks. You're not the Pelicans wrong. should not be playing Zion the entire That's time. That's true. You're not wrong. You're not um, wrong. <laughs> but RJ had one more point than Zion. Yeah, so there you go. Let's go. In like, I guess, close to 10 more minutes played. Yeah. But hey, I'll take it. RJ, Zion, preseason games last night. They didn't play each other, but just to show you the two Duke guys, very similar stat lines, which is really cool. Yeah. Obviously, like I just said, RJ played more. He's going to need to play more for the Knicks. They need a young guy who can get it. He started off a little slow. I just want to talk about both of them in both of these games because it's all anyone can really talk about because, as we said before, all that's going on with the Knicks and the failure of the offseason. I mean, this was one of the brighter lights of it was landing R.J. Barrett. And Zion Williamson is literally the next LeBron James. Someone said, I forget what news commentator said, you shouldn't say that, but I'm going to say it because after the first monster dunk I saw last night, that was awesome. That was the Mm -hmm. first time I've ever seen an athlete make a play any what similar to LeBron James. Where I saw a dunk and I was like, that's a LeBron dunk. Sure, there was probably others in the past, but like coming right out the gate and doing it, that makes me think like, this dude is the next LeBron. No, I don't disagree. I was actually really impressed as well. And I'm, as much as I actually like... the cockback that got me. Yes, agreed. Yeah. And as much as I'm, like, enjoy watching Zion play, I'll be honest that I've been one of those skeptics of him transitioning to the NBA. And after the injuries that he had and how intensely he plays and lands on his legs, I just feel like, you know, he was going to take a step back or wouldn't be able to show his athleticism as well as in the NBA as he did in college, where he was playing against boys, basically. Well, and he showed it. I mean, he totally did last yeah. night. And I think that Zion is actually... The Pelicans getting Zion was the absolute perfect place for him to land. Because you're getting a ton of these Lakers guys from the AD trade that played with LeBron James. And now they have LeBron James Jr., not Bronny, but Zion Williamson. Yeah. And... He's not the guy that necessarily needs to be getting the ball like LeBron does. He's younger than them, so they're more experienced. He's willing to listen to them and develop chemistry with them, unlike LeBron. Mm. It's the perfect place for him to be. And I think the fact that Lonzo Ball is his point guard is incredible because I think Lonzo is still one of the best passers within the league. I mean, I'm excited to see what new Lonzo looks like. Um on a regular basis, because yes, we did just get to watch some of them last night, but I'm excited to see what that means, like you said, for Zion. Trey Young, too, also like very, very Steph Curry-like last night. Yeah, which, sure. Which is exciting to see. because that's how he, he was hyped in And college. that's the thing. It's like, now we're seeing the guys, like finally we're seeing the guys that grew up watching these guys play. Yeah. And they're going to model their style. It's just like you saw guys try to emulate... I, I think uh, D. Rose had a very similar finish to Michael Jordan where he would, like, do, like, an up-and-under reverse under the basket. I mean, Kobe but stole every Kobe MJ too. book in the book. Kobe stole yeah. every MJ book. Every MJ book. Every, <laughs> every single he one. He probably did read he every Michael every Jordan book. every single MJ book. <laughs> he wrote That's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I just think that it's cool that we're finally seeing it. Trey Young being the new Steph Curry. Zion being the new... LeBron James and hopefully R.J. Barrett not being the next Andrew Wiggins because sure. that's what a lot of player comparisons are. I still think there's some hope for Andrew Wiggins. 
But yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. RJ Barrett, I, now I can kind of give my take on the Knicks. What I think, sure. it's only preseason. Bear with me here as a fan. But I think RJ looked a little sheepish to start. Obviously getting some jitters out. He didn't look exactly sure of himself. It was one of those, almost like seeing the really good uh, freshman in high school play varsity where he didn't know whether to sh- take his shot or to pass it and he was making like he wasn't creating his own shots like Fizdale needs to sit down with RJ and tell him like listen dude like you're the man on this team like this is your squad we picked you at number three for a reason beyond that Kevin Knox checked in for a little bit thought that he looked really good I think he looks and is finishing a lot better than he has he's actually like getting his shots up um and then Mitch Robinson, consistent stuff. I really think he's going to be a top center in the league one day. Frankie Lakina was a surprise. I mean, I knew following his play in France or playing for the France team that he was a little different. He looked a little better. But, man, he actually looked pretty different last night. He was making threes. He was taking the correct shots. I think Frank may have a big turnaround year. And we didn't even get to see Dennis Smith Jr. play. But the new young guys, Julius Randle, I think will be an awesome matchup against Zion. He's a big dude. He just likes to finish. Um, look at Marcus Morris getting ejected and fought. He, he said that New York is not taking it anymore. And I love to see that. That's what we're talking about with this cool culture with absolute thugs. Taj Gibson, too. Like, he was a baller out there last night. I, I think a lot of it is really cool to see. that It's, a, it's yeah. a very different vibe watching. And this Knicks team now actually looks like they're playing – in the modern era. I think they, they've gotten away from this stupid triangle thing that Phil Jackson tried bringing in, <laughs> and it's all fast-paced, three-pointers, dunks. It's exactly what you need. Yeah. And the biggest stat of all, the Knicks are undefeated. Knicks are undefeated. Let's yeah. go. Let's right. go. It's time for my quick stat, and then we're going to get into a right. five fingers to finish this up. I, I have one more quote, too. I don't know if we have time for that. We, we got to get to that. We started a little late. We did start a little late. Yeah. We, we were five minutes delayed, but, you know, that happens. But this is a quick one. Um, might be tough, though, but your stat line was a little tough as well. One player, baseball, mm. from a series. Mm. He goes five for 12, one homer, four RBIs, three doubles. So that's four total extra base hits out of his five total hits. Mm. Two stolen bases, one walk. And a slash line, not that this really matters, but 417 is the batting average, 462 is on base percentage, and a 917 slugging percentage for those at home. That is total bases divided by at-bats. That's pretty crazy. That's about a base per at-bat. So, who is that player? I'm torn between two. Okay. But I think I'm just going to say DJ LeMayhew. Ooh. So. It may be my other one. Who's the other one? I was going to say Didi. Surprisingly, both incorrect, okay. but both had great series as well. Yeah. I almost went with DD mm. because of his heroic game last night and how he always tears yeah. the twins up. But I think this guy's the one who's going to win MVP for the ALDS if they give that out. Glaber Torres. Oh, Glaber Torres. That, and if I had to pick a third, that's who it was there going to be. There you go. I sure. mean, what a series. We'll go through it very quickly, but the Yankees make quick work of the twins. Get lucky with the Astros losing last night, which means they got to pitch Verlander in Game 4. And we're going to be well-rested when we go into the ALCS. I mean, the offense shows up in full, in full force, in whatever you want to call it. They looked like savages in the box, as usual, um, with 8 runs and 10 runs, respectively, I believe, in Games 1 and 2 at home. Only put up 5 last night, but that's all they needed. 
Chapman looked a little iffy at the start, but closed the door and gave a stare down and a shout and all that energy the Yankees are bringing to the ALCS. So I'm really excited. I see you're wearing your New York Yankees quarter zip right Ooh, now. Yeah, I've been taking all the hate all day. I love I it. I mean, take whatever hate you want. Definitely. We're the ones that are moving on. And I just wanted to blast New York, New York last night, but it was a little too late for it. You know, the <laughs> game started an hour late. It was central time. Um, so hopefully we got some more chances to play it soon. We'll see. I mean, for sure. There was a tweet this weekend where a Giants slash Yankees fan said, I'll take the trade of uh, Minnesota winning football and New York winning baseball. Oh, any day. And I sent it to uh, Jack Brocker, who's a Twins fan and just Minnesota fan in general, and he said, don't jinx yourself. Because it was only 2-0 at the time, and I you know, I was a little nervous, mm. but we shut the door and swept them, and you and I both texted some brooms to him last night. It's a good feeling to take a postseason series once again after not winning last year. I mean, I think last year we won the wild card and then just lost the Red Sox. Might be wrong there, but we're into the ALCS. Especially and the sweep, too. The sweep the is, sweep is nice just to start full momentum. Postseason. Pitching did its job. They weren't great, but... It gives us time to rest and, and actually... That's key. That, that's the biggest thing, especially with the pitching staff that we have. So Yeah, totally. Do I, th- I think it's going to be... I think if it's the... It should be Houston next mm-hmm. round. I agree. Um, uh, I think it's going to be tough. That might be game seven, honestly. It might be tough, but <laughs> I really I really have a feeling that this Yankees team is just, every single time they need the hit in this past series, they did it. Yeah. It was like every single time that you had the thought, oh, this is his chance to step up. This is, this is how it's going to go. I felt like they were doing yeah. that. Yeah. Anytime it was like, oh, this could potentially be a close game. No, it was shut down or there was an absolute yeah. crushed ball. Dude, oh so I think that this is the momentum that gives that team that team of destiny vibe that heads into the World Series and hopefully a, a, another ring. Well, yeah, I mean, every single game, even though they looked like blowouts with the final scores, I was pulling my hair out, dude. They were, every single game was so stressful, but... You know, every time that Severino worked into trouble last night, had the bases loaded, no outs in the second inning, he gets out of it. You know, and I actually left the room. I was trying to put my posters up in my bedroom, and I was just hearing the crowd cheering. It was like, oh, they definitely scored, and I came back in, and they just got another walk or something. Mm. And I leave, come back. We're batting again, and it's still one nothing. So that was awesome just to get out of that. And, I mean, Sevy didn't really give me much confidence in him going forward. To, I think to start, I think by the end of the night. I think that's true. He figured really himself good. out, and that's what's key because you're right. We only allowed one run up until the ninth and might have stayed clean through there. I'll fact check that later, but you're right. Sevy did his job all told, and he's just getting a feel for things again coming off of injury. He scared me in multiple innings, but he did his job and, I mean, got the victory. So... We'll see what happens in the ALCS, which is being kind of touted as the real World Series because the Dodgers are not looking as dominant yeah. as they did in the regular no, season. No, I think whoever wins this is winning the World Series. They should. Season. They'll be favored for sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, but really exciting times for the Yankees. It's fun to be a Yankee fan in Boston right now. I'd almost rather be in New York, go down, see the parade. If we do take it all, maybe we can still do that. But do you wish, do you wish the Red Sox were playing in the postseason? It's interesting. I'm so happy they're not, mm-hmm. but the fact that they did win last year and can say that they won the World Series, it's like, oh, it's our off year. Like, it, that's still frustrating. Which is like a typical Boston. Uh, yeah, I kind of wish, like, they didn't win last year and they were in it this year and we got a Yankee Red Sox ALCS. Yeah. Because as risky as it would be for us to maybe see another postseason loss to them, 
it would be cool to be like, yeah, you know, we, we won, yeah. and they don't have a World Series to fall back on. Yeah. But, oh, well. So, right, so I'll get into this last quote yeah. super quick. Okay. It's also baseball, so oh, cool. similar stuff. We <laughs> don't need to go back into it again, but I'd rate this series a 4.99 out of 5. This was fire. Um, this is Cameron Mabin. Mm-hmm. I, I was hovering there on which outfielder it was, but it's Cameron Mabin tweeting this just about the Yankees Twin Series. I don't remember the name of the pitcher. You can fill me in in a sec. But this pitcher for Game 2 is a former Uber driver. And he came up to the bigs two years after driving for Uber or something. It was incredible. I mean, it it was Randy Dobnik. Dobnik. And he he signed a $20,000 contract. Might even been $2,000. It was one or the other with the Twins. Just flies through the minors like no one's ever seen before. And he's pitching the, you know, for the first time I've ever seen him pitch mm. in game two. And I look at him thinking, who the heck is this guy? And he put up a decent fight, but the Yankee fans chanted, it's Uber, tough. Uber. It's tough to have to go up against that lineup in only... That lineup and those fans, and you're in the Bronx, there's pressure on both so sides. Rough. Yeah, so he got roughed up. And I just, I don't agree with how much hate the Yankees Twitter and the Yankees fan base got. For chanting this. Oh, completely agree. I literally had this on here. Like, if literally any fan base would do this. Yeah. And I'm not going to say you wouldn't have heard anything mm. about it, that you wouldn't have heard criticism. I just think anyone would have criticized any fan base on this. Yeah. I think if it was Red Sox, you would have heard I, it from people. If I, I think if it was, you know, the Twins who had done it and, and it was a Yankees pitcher, I think... You would have heard it. I just think that's how sports works. No one needs to get worked up and complain about Yankees fans. It's everyone. Yeah. Everyone would do this. This is the cool sports thing that everyone lives for and loves. Yeah. Yes, we're going to make fun of the guy that drove Uber. And what a cool story it like, is, though. And it's a cool yeah. story. And that's the thing was that Maven ended up taking down the tweet. He's like, I respect anyone that is going to grind and, and try to get theirs. Yeah. And, and actually, uh, Dominic responded to that and said, hey, hook me up if you need a ride anytime soon. There you go. So, like... I love that. That's how it goes. Everyone gets too worked up about everything. It's, like, it's this a is, little... Yeah. This is what we love in sports. Just accept it. Yeah, I mean... Everyone deep down knows if they were in that fan... If they were at that game... They're chanting. In their home team crowd, you're chanting it because it's awesome and cool. That's what a fan section's all about. You're trying to get in the heads of the players. This is the playoffs. And if the Yankees fan base are the only ones that are going to do it, which I agree with you, they're not then so be it. We're going to take that opportunity. And it clearly shook him up a little bit. So I think there's nothing wrong with it. It's the same thing as chanting out, like, a Dude. guy's girlfriend in high school when they're playing on the opposite <laughs> yeah. team. Like that's what I mean, we is. went to CBA. We we've seen Sh- this. Like, yeah. like we we did this stuff. You yeah. d- like everyone did this at some point in their yeah. life, even if it's not in the pros and you're too high uppity to do <laughs> it now. You were doing this at least in high school. And Come I on. mean, it worked, did it not? And I mean. We saw, I, I heard the Twins chanting stuff like overrated to Aaron Judge, who responded with a hit. So it's like, just try to get in the players' heads. There's nothing wrong with calling yeah. Aaron Judge overrated. And it's up to the players and how they're going to respond to it. I so wish hot take. Hot take. Uh, hot take that Aaron Judge is overrated. Hot take Minnesota crowd. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, a very hot take. Yeah, that's, that's, but that's hot take. what I will say is, and I, 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 I wish uh, Randy Dobnek shut us out if we were any other team. You know, if he was pitching against anyone other than the Yankees and he shut them down and responded to that crowd, that would have been a story in its own right. Would have been so cool. Maybe if he did it to us. If he did it to us and we won in four games. Still would have been cool. Yeah. I still like it would have sucked. No. Still would have been cool. Look, even in the regular season, if we had, you know, clinched and it was a meaningless game. 
Because it's a tough thing to say, I wish they beat us in the playoffs. I don't. But in any other situation, if he came in and he was the feel-good story because he shut down that asshole Yankee crowd for chanting these things, that is a cool story in its own right. But I just think it's awesome that he grinded to get to where he was. And he was pitching in the playoffs. That is so impressive in itself. So just shout out to you, Randy Dobnak. You seem like a good sport. Cameron Mabin is a great guy. He did not mean anything with that tweet. Just taking the humor that all of these Yankees seem to have. And it's great to see Didi back on Twitter, by the way, with the post-game tweets. But, so yeah. we have five minutes left. Five fingers. <laughs> run through some five fingers. So it's basically like how we used to do Mount Rushmore, but we're doing five, doing it draft style. Mm-hmm. Five fingers. Uh, we're doing Best TV Dads. I'm really excited for this. It was a conversation we had either last night or two nights ago. And it was today. <laughs> Are you serious? Today. Yeah, when? it's been a long day. I, it was like early this morning. And we were just like, we got to do the it. channel. Oh, because we were watching uh, yeah. Fairly Out Parents. You're right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was earlier today. <laughs> but regardless, we're going to get into that. Um, and I kind of want the first pick. All right, go, go for it. <laughs> and you can have the swing. I'm taking... Modern Family's own Phil Dunphy. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's the consensus number one, but he's top of my list right now, and I gotta get that guy off my draft board. So no, Phil Dunphy's cool. I have him just, on mine. He's fair. a just an awesome dad. I mean, I, I I went half for comedy here and half for the guy isn't actually an awesome dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like I need to defend it. You know? I think I have to go with the iconic TV dad here though, and go with Homer Simpson. He was number two on my list. (laughs) And then, on the swing around, I'm going to have to go with the godfather figure of Tony Soprano. Okay, that, totally. So the thing is, I haven't seen The Sopranos, but I kind of expected you to have a character from there, so I agree with that. And I also wanted Homer Simpson because as much of a goofball as he is, he is also a great dad, no question. I got got some dogs left. I'm excited. I'm going to go... Ooh, this is tough. I'm going to go with... The guy who started this conversation, Timmy Turner's dad, mm. um, because that's more on the comedy side. I don't really think he's a great dad, but if you look at it this way, and this might be a, uh, what do you call the half glass full or what is that what we're calling it? Why did I say half glass? Uh, anyway, it's been a long day, like you said. Um, What's in that glass? <laughs> well, we, will, we won't get to that, but you could say by Timmy Turner's dad not being the greatest parent and same with his mom and not acknowledging how evil Vicky is, etc. Mm. Timmy wouldn't get his fairly odd parents. Fair. No so sure. fairly god parents rather. So yeah, I mean he deserves that spot. And then number three, this is kind of a random one. I'm gonna go with Randy Marsh <laughs> from South Park. Oh, okay. That's good. That's pretty good. Why not? He's just he fits the comedy role that I've been going for here. But yeah. Alright, I I think I'm gonna have to Oh, there's so many good ones left that I have. Um, I think for this next one, I'm going to I'm gonna do a back-to-back that's somewhat similar. Okay. Except, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> for, basically, first person is going to be a cartoon again. I'm going to go with Peter Griffin. Okay. I think the pairing of Peter Griffin and Homer Simpson is awesome. Those are the it two is. iconic cartoon dads. I'm going to take him. And my second of this back-to-back is going to have to be the lovely... Danny Tanner of Full House. Interesting. Okay, cool. So I have one left after this. Right. All right. So I'm going to take my last two. I'm going to take my last two. This is tough. I promised a couple people back home that I would make this pick. (laughs) Frank Costanza. (laughs) Oh, good one. So Frank Costanza is my number four. I did not have Costanza on it. That's awesome. Um, So he'll go there. And I, I mean... 
there's some other really good options here that I wanted to take, and I'll say honorable mentions for them later. But I really wanted to make Chief Wiggum from The Simpsons my mm, final pick. Okay. The reason why, because I was doing some research, okay. and someone was like, Chief Wiggum's the best cartoon dad in TV history. Just cartoon, but still. Uh-huh. Um, for raising a special needs kid and Fair. doing so well Fair. at it. Fair. Grinding at his job as a policeman, and then just being hilarious. So I was like, Chief Wiggum needs to be my final pick. So there you go. I am actually, for my last pick here, going to pick a father figure. Not a father. Okay. Well, technically a father, but in relation to the main character, it's an uncle. So first things first, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Uncle Phil, as my final pick. It's a, it's a great way to close, though I do have honorable mention. I do too, actually. So that, that was well done. First and foremost, I had worst TV dad. Jerry from Rick and Morty, mm. though he serves a, pur- uh, a purpose. And I don't he's know if he's the worst, though. I like, mean, he's not the worst, but, like, if we were doing a, like, okay. five fingers of worst, I would have him in there. Okay. And it's just because, I don't know, he's the wolf. Like, there's just, like, it, it, again. Actually, two of my last remaining three honorable mentions would be considered worst TV dads. Yeah. You can make the point for, um... Honestly, a lot of these. Yeah, same with these. Like, Peter Griffin is, like, kind of the worst to Meg. Tony Soprano is, like, a <laughs> bad dude. I had Walter White on here, too, from Breaking Bad. Yep. I, like, yep. yeah, it would have been hard to sell him, like, <laughs> making drugs as a good dad, but, like, it was for his yeah, kids. He was a good dad. I mean, um, and I also had Michael Bluth from Arrested Development, who <clears throat> just, like, is not a great dad. No. Either, I but mean, I love them as TV dads. Phil Dunphy didn't raise the best kids, but I would yeah, still say Phil Dunphy's a great dad. Phil Dunphy's a good dad. And then... I had Mr. Neutron, too. On my I head. do have Mr. Neutron right love here. Mr. I can't Neutron. say he's not... Timmy Turner's dad is not a good dad. I made that point as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think Mr. Neutron's a good dad. Yes, agreed. Frank Reynolds was on my list. Mm. Not a good dad at all. Not a good dad like, at is all. Is he even their dad? There's questions I, there. I think he. it's implied that he's like, Charlie's... Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's someone's dead on that he's show. A he's figure. not a good father. Uncle Phil isn't necessarily. Okay, that's fair. That's Will fair. Smith's dad. But yeah, so yeah, honestly, we just figured out that a lot of the best TV dads are not the best dads. <laughs> so uh, a weird so moral to end this show. Relate yeah. this back to. I don't know. I do want to give a shout out to Finding Nemo's dad, or oh, Nemo's true. dad, as just a, like one of the best movie dads. Yes. But to relate it back There's to a lot sports, of good movies, yeah. oh, of course, might be another episode. Mrs. Doubtfire. He wore women's panties to spend time with his kids. Shout out to you, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to close the show, uh, don't wear women's panties. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> what whatever uh, moral you guys take from this episode. Go for it. Connect it to sports however you want. But it was a pretty good episode. Um, I hope you guys watched my Tom Brady hype-up video on the Senior Quotes Instagram. If not, go check that out whenever you want. I think it was pretty good. We'll try to get some more content on there in the future. We'll try to get some more polls up on Twitter as we go. And in general, just interact with you guys more. So look forward to our next episode this coming Tuesday. Is that a definite? I know we're not. I we're mean, on break. We're back from break that, like, day after i think we should be here if not we will get some content up for you in the next week and we will be calling the bc versus providence hockey game not this friday but the following friday um or it might be even the 25th might be uh that sounds right to me yeah or maybe are you saying it's three fridays away it might be Regardless, we will be calling it so in October. At some point, we, we will be there. We don't know hockey that well. We don't know our dates that well. Clearly, 
but we know it's going to be a good time. So get listen to us. <laughs> yep. Fake it till we make it, baby. All right, guys. Thanks so much as always. And we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Peace out.